0: you're listening to earnestly speaking the only weekly podcast that covers friends foes and anything that goes and now for your badass host ernest owens and we're back for another episode of earnestly speaking with your host ernest owens myself (laughs) okay this this is we're, we're just doing it, man. We're just doing it over here. I, I just, I'm energized. I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go. Um, it's just been the month of April as we, you know, get into May has just been, um, blessings on blessings. I am and I'm actually feeling a whole lot better. Um, you know, last week was heavy. It was a Derek Chauvin, uh, verdict. Of course it was, a lot of stuff going on um just in the world and it's still happening, right? Black lives still matter, black people are still getting unlawfully killed by the police. Um you know, there's just still a lot of bullshit in general, but there are promising signs and, and, and some funny times too. And um I've been teasing you all and I know some of you all have been bugging me, um, and not in a bad way, but just you know the the very much of the what's going on and, and all this. You know, I put a photo up earlier on my social media, my Instagram earlier this week that had a very great photo of me with a big, huge like bullhorn with a beautiful background and some stylish shoes. And, you know, I said I had a major announcement um, or major announcements were coming um starting now till till um, all throughout May and, and, and so forth. And there is there's a bunch of. Good news that's coming. Um, And unfortunately, because of the fact that uh, I'm getting things and doing things through things, those things uh, told me I cannot (laughs) just drop that information out publicly. So I can't I can't um, say it at this moment. Um, but you know, it's kind of like, well, I'm not, I'm not having a child, but it's like having a child, I would imagine, or like knowing that you're expecting or, uh, or, or knowing that you, you know, are about to, you know, get something or whatever, any of that excitement or thrill and you're holding it in. And it's, 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 it's like, you want people to know, and everyone's looking at you and they see you, you know, kind of having a glow and all this, and you can't speak at the moment because you really want to, uh, you know, see things through. So it's hard because I've been sitting on some things, but really something specifically um, I have been really, really sitting on for, you know, now three weeks. And I haven't really told anyone except my fiance and my mother um, and like my soulmate of a best friend who has been with me through thick and thin. So like my closest, 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 closest circle um, they are aware and they're not going to say anything. And they know that they've been sworn to secrecy. But everyone else, I, I just, I can't, I can't say anything um, because I can't. <laughs> and it kills me. It kills me now, you know, but I did was like, I was like, can I tease? And they were like, you can tease, but be mindful about your tease. And I said, Okay. And then you know they saw it. It's like okay, that's cool. And so I was able to tease that much, but there's a series of different things I can say that much, and and they will be coming out on different levels and layers. But there's clearly one major announcement, and that one I I I I am just from the moon to the stars excited about. But I promise you all that as we get into May, all of this will make sense and everything will will be revealed by then. So that's the that's the good thing um what are some other things um so I can stop talking about this um <laughs> okay. mm. so wedding planning has been going good um we officially um have just been you know confirming situations dates details i mean details of dates were already confirmed, but just like. Some some specific details about certain things have been confirmed, and I'm really excited about that um, we we completely completely uh took care of our uh day of coordinator, which I'm super excited about and she's about to start getting to work on on some of the um summer things we have get we have going on. our wedding shower has been finalized, which I'm happy about. I kind of did this stuff backwards, but kind of not where I focus more on the venue and the major event and then little things like, well, not as major things. I want to say little because this wedding shower is becoming bigger than what I thought it was going to be. But um, the, the 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 not so major things like the wedding shower and other aspects, we're now starting to finalize that. And that's because we wanted to do the wedding shower in person, which um is happening, which is great. The only thing is, is that I couldn't invite everybody um, to the wedding shower because of the pandemic. And that was kind of frustrating because I was like, I have about 100 people coming to the wedding. And, you know, traditionally, you can invite everybody from the shower. But with this, I can only invite half. So I had to really make some tough decisions. Some of it wasn't too tough because some of the, the individuals are out of state. And so by default, it was just like, you don't got to take like two plane trips to come down, even though there's some some of my friends are going to be doing that. Some of the wedding party definitely will be coming uh, for the wedding shower and, of course, the wedding. But as far as like just general guests, that process elimination was not um, as bad. So but still, it was, just you know, a little tough. But but because of the venue that we're going to have the wedding shower at, um, it's not it it, it it was just no way that we can spatially uh, maintain um, social distancing in the proper way. And I mean, you know, you can push it because it's going to be in July, but I, I, you know, it just made sense to just have 50. So that's what we're going to do. Um, but you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, well, the one thing I like about this wedding being like this, this journey, I mean, some people get married very fast. You know, one of my friends got proposed to in February and then they got married in April. Um, Early April, and it was a quick, you know, process. It was kind of quick, quick. And so there wasn't a wedding shower engagement party to my knowing. I just think they just was like, look, we're going to plan this privately and we're going to have this wedding. And so it, it worked out. But I think, you know, for me, I'm a, you know, I, you know, and Mr. Let me tell you, Mr. Johnson, don't let him fool you. He's very much a meticulous man himself. And so I think we were just in the space of, like, we wanted to make it a, a a longer experience. We wanted to just have everything kind of more, uh, you know, spaced out in, in a journey. And even in, even in the midst of the pandemic, like, we did many engagement parties. Like, my friends surprised me with an engagement party, who's in my wedding party. They, they surprised me, um, like, right before the pandemic got wild-wowed, wild, which was which was fun. It was like early February of 2020 before it was the party was wild. And I was planning to do an engagement party in October of 2020. But because of everything, I just had these like mini gatherings and had some spatial dinners and stuff. And I wasn't tripping because like engagement parties are like, mm, you know, they're... I, I, no shade to people that throw them, but it, it, it just... I, you know, that's the extra extra. But the fact that we're able to have the wedding shower at the wedding in person this is a blessing and and I'm grateful for that and happy for the fact that I get to hang out with all of my great friends so I went to the Wayward and I think I teased that I was going to dinner with a friend it was fabulous just random I went to the Wayward y'all it's uh it's they call it Midtown Village but it's like the gayborhood, but it's the gentrified area of the gayborhood. Um, got its own little area. It's in a canopy, the hotel area, uh, Ritzy area. Really pretty. It's gotten really pretty since the last time. It's right next to a Federal Donuts over there in Philly. And the Wayward, the, the Wayward Philly, that, the wayward, that place is fabulous. I mean, we were there. It was myself and um, my homegirl Monica. She is, a, is an attorney and um, her husband is my lawyer, which is super dope. And she was just wowed out by like the food and it was like we had a huge um like seafood tower and we never had like so I've never had oysters raw I know I know some of you are like what oysters and Monica's the same way like we both of us like don't do oysters raw and like I just always was Grossed out by them. It just weird me out. Now, I love me some mussels. I love some mussels. Mussels and I are best friends. I, I love mussels. Okay. Red sauce, wine sauce, whatever sauce. I just love them in the little shell. And you take it out and you can bite size. You can just go through them. I mean, I just love mussels. I just live for them. So I could eat that any day. Um, clams. I'm indifferent to clams. I'm never going to just buy clams. But. If they're there, they're there. I don't, I'm not crazy about clams. Mussels are my favorite. Calamari, of course. Octopus. I love some octopus. Oh, I love octopus. I can't speak enough about octopus. Calamari, octopus, uh, shrimp, of course, prawns. And they had some prawns, y'all. They had these big ass shrimp, like just with the tail. Oh, I love that. Crawfish and eh. And I grew up on crawfish growing up because, you know, I grew up in, you know, Houston, Galveston, you know, that whole, the, the, the Gulf, all of that type of food. So, you know, you had the crawfish etouffee, you know, you had crawfish, everything. Let me tell you about crawfish. Crawfish is annoying to me, even Cajun crawfish, because it's such a big ass like specimen. You know, some of these pieces take so much work to shell it and take off the legs, all this crap to get this small little piece of meat. But the little piece of meat is really good. But just the whole shelling and peeling. so that's why I feel like seafood always costs a man like place, like, sh- like crawfish and things because of all of the work people have to do to take it to get it, to skin it, to shell. All of that stuff is a lot of work. so i I you know, like you know, I, I would eat crawfish at toffee. But you don't. You will not catch me going through the tedious process of that. And my best friend Jamarcus, he he eats that like you no. Know, he thinks that's so fun. I think he's getting some today. Actually, we just actually talking about crawfish. She tries to do it in Philly. It's like not the same because you all like to do that old bay seasoning on everything. And there's nothing wrong with old bay? It's just like there's other types of seasonings, y'all, to season this lovely, lovely seafood. So you know, I'm the shrimp girl and. You know, I, a good old shrimp is good for me, and and lobster and crab, of course. Um, you know, down south we, you know, we, uh, you all are eating tilapia on the east coast, and that is a, a blasphemy. R- real folks know a good red snapper, a good Cajun red snapper would do the trick. Okay, a good red snapper. No one eats red snapper around here. It's it's interesting. I'm I'm starting to have this yearning to go back home. For a small amount of time only. Actually, I'm going back home for like the, the last week of um, of May because my brother's graduated from high school. and We're going to do like the whole graduation Memorial Day weekend thing. So I'm going to be in H for like a whole week. And I haven't been in Houston in like two years since the pandemic. So I'm looking forward to like going home and eating boudin. Bonus points if you know what boudin is. And if you're on social media and you follow me or anything, let me know that you know what boudin is. Because that is what I'm going to be devouring my entire time, I'm going to eat my way through Houston. Okay, I'm going to gain uh, 10 pounds and I'm going to eat my way through there. And Jamarcus is coming along for of the way, so it's going to be two Texas boys and a Jersey boy, and you know, other folks. And we're going to go through all of, of my favorite places. I'm definitely going to Papadose, you already know. Um, I'm gonna hit up Raised Barbecue. Got to get my Texas, the Matako Cabana, and Water Burger, which is an incredible fast food place. It's an incredible fast food place. It is a, it is an American treasure. It is a Texas legend. Water is a great burger, and the burger is so damn good that they don't serve cheese on it. And don't compare it to Burger King that not serves cheese. You can get a burger there that's so tasty, so good, so filling, so big, so wonderful that it doesn't even have to have cheese on it. You can request cheese, but you don't need cheese because that's how damn good the burger is. Just good food, y'all. Just some good eating. All I can think about is food. Why is that? I mean, there's other things in Texas, the Alamo and rodeo. Not now because of the pandemic, but it's a lot of things in Texas outside of food. But, oh, my goodness. And a good Chinese buffet. I know I went on a rant about this on a previous episode, but I maybe I'm going to get myself into somebody's Chinese buffet because I have not had a Chinese buffet in years and it's clear that I'm yearning for it. And, you know, I love an Indian buffet in Philly, but I, I definitely love me a Chinese buffet. So I, we're definitely going to be doing some things. And then after that, I would say once we start hitting June, um, it's going down. Like I have to cut back. I don't want to say cut back because I feel like people think I'm going to die for the wedding. I'm just going to be a mindful eater. I'm a Mario mindful eater. I was doing keto. Remember that? And it was cute. It was cute. I I, I was just say this. The boys, everyone in my wedding party is getting their tuxes, we're not going to get measured until like a month before the wedding because I don't know what this summer is going to do, right? Juneteenth is happening. July 4th is happening. Like these are big, um, you know, culinary weekends. But I got to get a fucking grip. I am. I am, though. I am. I am. I'm, I, I'm going to. But listen, it's going to do what it's going to do. Because I'm a man. I'm marrying a man. I'm not about to put myself through all that pressure. But I do want to for myself. I'm about to hit 30. There's some goals I have in place. And so we're going to hit those goals. And Jamarcus is probably listening to this episode being like, bitch, you better get together. And we, we are going to get together together. Um mr johnson's already started you know mr johnson likes to go jogging at 6 a.m um (laughs) and i get up and look at him i say oh that's so nice that's so great of you look at you so cute but me i'm you know i i you know i just listen i'm enjoying myself but i am going to be more mindful of my enjoying myself as far as my eating i i want to do some things um but like I'm not about to be a gym rat either. I think everyone's like, oh, I gotta go to, cha-da-da-da. you know what? I'm gonna get me a Peloton and I'm just gonna tuck it out because I like bicycle running, riding. I just don't like working out in front of other people. I think that's just weird to me. I don't like running. I, I just I don't want to see people see me sweat in all fat in <laughs> all shapes of the figure. So this is gonna be something that's personal. I, I'm not the kind of person, and see, I'm not trying to throw shade, no shade, no shade at all. But I'm not the kind of like I look at at. <laughs> I'm just going listen. This is my show. I look at like going to the. I look at working out like taking a shit. It's something that you 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 should do. It's necessary. Do it. But everybody don't got to see it and smell it, right? I just feel like that's how I look at it. Like if you're working out, do your thing. And I, I will say that 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 Mr. Johnson is very much. Someone who does his thing and he does not do that whole, you got to come to the gym with me. You got to sweat. He don't do all that. He gets it early. He gets in in the morning. He's not taking pictures. He's not doing stuff. He just gets it in. And I feel like there's some people that they just have to post every fucking intimate detail of their workout online. I'm like, why? One of my friends, one of my really close friends, ex-husbands, he used to go, he used to do gym he used to do just non-stop videos every morning of his ass. Like, he would be doing push-ups and he would just have his butt all on the damn Instagram video. Just doing the fucking most. It was borderline thirst trap. And I mean, we would just be like, why do you have to, like, document your fitness like that, dude? Can you stop? And that's how I feel. Like, I don't... I just feel like you don't need to document everything. I mean... Unless it's a per- like, I don't know. If you was if you was an influencer and you was getting credit for a gym or someone's paying for a membership and you try to shout them out to promote, I mean do your thing. But that's just some people. I just I just don't know. I, I think it's I'm not gonna say that. See, I'm about to see y'all about to get me canceled. I, <laughs> I was going to Nope, not saying that. Gonna save that. Text me, remind me, Sharon, remind me Jamarcus, what I was talking about, because I am not gonna sit down here. But what I will say, if people can catch the riddle. Not to say anything else, but to say. "Mm, How do I say this creatively? Mm, Okay, What's the point of taking pictures of yourself eating salads if you know you're going to eat a burger later on? And if you was. Eating the salad to get certain results, but you weren't getting those results because you was eating a burger at the end. What's the point of taking pictures of you eating a salad if in the end you're going to eat a burger? That's the metaphor or the comparison or the simile of what I really was going to say. But I'm just not going to say it that way. Figure out what it means. If you get it, you get it. If you know, you know, like the kids say. So going down (laughs) to see my brother for graduation, looking forward to it. Can't wait. Making my way down south, riding fast and a little slow, cause I can't be going too fast out here in these streets, cause I'm black. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 me right now, getting ready for the south, um, getting ready for this wedding, um, teasing you all as always. Let's talk about Sunday night Oscars briefly, because Mr. Johnson and I was on the red carpet. We went down to this. Oscars watch party at Sierra Green was a rooftop. You all loved it. I guess everyone was so happy to see us together in a photo because it's been a while. And I I mean, we're always in the house together. So it's like, and I'm always with my besties out out eating because Mr. Johnson is just like... Does not want to go out to eat anywhere. I'm forcing him to. Well, he's looking forward to like May. May is going to be a month of joy and celebration, as you know. I am going to Atlantic City. Shout to the shout out to AC, baby. We're back in Jersey. We're back in Atlantic City. I'll be in Atlantic City one weekend. Then we're going to be in Houston, of course, for that week. And then we've got some other stuff coming up. And I'm not really talking about one of the places we're going to go that's like really, really dirty. Not dirty, but like it's 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 gluttony, basically. Um, but I, I I want to save that for May. But we're doing a lot of stuff. Friends and I, we, we're, we're, I'm pre-planning celebrations. They're pre-planning celebrations. I kind of told them in a, the, now now's the time to plan something. Book a reservation. <laughs> I'm a mess. But May is going to be a great month. And, you know, because of that, I get invited to restaurants. And I like to go out to restaurants, all new restaurants all the time. And so... You know, my road dog has always been Shamarcus and, and a couple of my friends. Like I, you know, I try to alternate people's availability, like, hey, do you want to come with me? Because I'm always going. And they're like, you know. But like because of that, we haven't really gone out out as much. Um, so therefore I'm like, y'all don't want to see us in sweats taking pictures. That's kind of weird. So I like when we go out, we dress up, we look cute. And that was like the first time in a long time we've been out to an event together because most of the events have been tastings. There hasn't really been any major red carpet things. And, you know, for many of us y'all have been following our relationship and, and everything. Um, You know, we have, we, we just, you know, we're just, we are so used to going out together to these big events and stuff. And because of the pandemic, that's, been a bummer because we missed that stuff. So the Oscars party is something we always go to, and it's it's done by the Philadelphia Film Society. Lovely people. They put on the Philadelphia Film Festival and all that great stuff. And so we've been going like I think since we started dating, like really like mm, probably like two thousand six, two thousand five. It's been like five, five to six years since we've been going, and we go every year. We watch all of the films. We make our predictions on who's gonna nominate, who's winning what. And, you know, we typically enjoy the fanfare. I mean, this year was outdoors, which was fun because we were like on a, we were on like this, um, like nice, cozy outdoor chair, like spread. And we were on top of the hill and we were high up. We were at Cereal Lounge on the rooftop in the green deck and the big screen was there. It was a fun time. The food was really good this year because they were having food from this place called uh, Social, Sunset Social. And the food was just fabulous. And I think it was Garza's who was catering um the main food and it was oh, so fabulous it was fabulous but um i do miss the theater i miss being indoors i miss that experience because one of the things that that kind of irked me was that a lot of people that were there were not like movie fans they were just in long dresses trying to be cute and i'm like y'all it's the fucking oscars on. shut the fuck up that's how i felt sometimes like i'm like dan kaluuya is winning best supporting actress i mean actor why are you like why why be quiet. This is a historic fucking moment. And, you know, there was a lot of stuff like that. Like, Chloe Zhao wins Best Director. And everyone's, like, munching in the in the tent. I'm like, there's people here who care about the fact that the first woman of color to ever win Best Director, the second woman in Oscar history, is up there receiving this award. And the rest of us want to hear what she has to say. I was so happy for the subtitles, but, like, god dang. So that was that. But other than that, it was a great It was a great event. <laughs> But I just can't wait till we start going back indoors full time because normally those types of people will be in the lobby. And the real viewers, like the folks that really watch the Oscars, we're in the main theater and we're like getting our life because it feels like you're there because you're in the seats. You're looking at this. I mean, it's it's a great experience in the theater. So I'm just cannot wait for us to go back and have that experience. But this is a first world complaint. I'm giving you all socialite debutante wine whimper. To the Oscars themselves, what the fuck? Okay, what the entire fuck? Like I was pissed off. I was happy and mad at the same damn time. I, I first of all, <laughs> so so Barry, Mr. Johnson, my feet, fi- my fiance, he was like, "This is tacky." When he saw like the layout for the Oscars this year, they had at the train station, and you know it was as pretty as it can be, but it just looked a little. It looked weird because. You know, LA is on, you know, it's three hours back from the East Coast. So, you know, we're, you know, we're so used to being in the theater thinking that it's nighttime in LA, even though we know it's not. But like the feeling is that it's nighttime. So everybody's indoors. So to see that like daytime light outside, even though we know it's nighttime, when they on a the red carpet, it's daylight, but when they, when the night starts, night falls, you know, that's how you think of it. But anyway, it was just weird to see the daytime light creep in. The seats were kind of weird. It just was very, it was just very awkward in that way. But let's get into these winners. So. Okay, Dan Kalua with the best supporting actor, was like my favorite win of the entire night as far as like acting categories. Like, thank fucking God. Because like, yes. All right? He deserves. He's been killing it. Okay? 32 years old. Killing it. You know who else was my favorite win too? Her. Who I've been bragging about since the Grammys. Her. One best original song. Again, Judas and the Black Messiah they both won. I i told you that movie. I, I I told I kept hinting at it each episode. Go back. I kept saying this movie, there's something special here with Dan Kalua. And he won. So i was so happy about that. Now let's talk about people who won that didn't win and anything like that. Glenn Close Law. Should also the actress in minari Um I've been calling Minari, but I've been mispronouncing it. But um, she lost to, 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 to the Asian actress who played in that role, which I'm so happy for her. She became the second Korean... act. I mean, she became the first Korean actress to win the second Asian actress to win an Oscar uh, for acting. Um, so that was... That was uh, a moment for sure. Um, was very happy with... You know, so it's Yoon Yeon, uh, Yoon Yun Jung who played Sunja, the the grandmother in uh, Minari, uh, Minari um, which is translation for Water Celery, which is what they were growing in the film or hinting at growing in the film. Such a beautiful film. Was really happy that it won something. Um, very happy. And so it was like, if Glenn Close was to lose, she should have lost to her. So, you know, it was fair. Things that were not fair. So, Frances McDormand won Best Actress, which she won at the BAFTAs, the British Oscars, which we talked about. She won for Nomadland, which I was happy for Chloe Zhao, who won for Nomadland. Very happy for her. Um, But Frances just won a couple years ago for Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, which I was okay with that. Um... But uh, no, and now I have to be a little shady. So Frances McDormand is now a three-time ac- ac- Oscar-winning actress. She has four Oscars. She won one for producing Nomad Land, which was, you know, you know, great job producing. And you know what? Shout out to her because she talked about, you know, you know, getting a a, a writer, the inclusion writer, which is what she kind of did with nomad land with the diversity of 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 of, of people on the writer and the, the people working so her you know you know speech and the 2018 oscars was on point because she did what she said she was gonna do uh she said well she preached she she walked the walk and and that's good but okay great job producer nomad land won best picture i can live with that cool cool Judas and the Black Messiah was my personal favorite best picture. I mean, first black film to have black producers and all black producer team lead it. You know what I'm saying? And to be nominated like that. Just, the. I mean, but, you know, I I know the Academy wasn't going to give a Chairman Fred Hampton film you know, best picture. But, I mean, the fact that Dan Kalua got Best Supreme Actor for playing him, I mean, that was that was, I suppose. Um, and good for Daniel. I mean, he just deserved it. But anyway, um, Frank McDormand, I mean, she's always playing that white woman with no makeup, with you know, middle America, bumblefuck America, always playing the woman who might be a Trump supporter, but she acts like she's got a little bit more wokeness than that, but she might do it, but at the same time, wants to tell you she's not racist. I mean, that's like her character. I mean, she played a cop in Fargo. She played, you know, uh, which I liked her in Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. But, I mean, I mean, Land, she was good in Nomadland. I mean, I can't deny her in it, but I just felt like it's like Frances McDormand has such a very, I mean, I'm not saying she doesn't have range. I just feel like, I mean, she's played in roles that are not like that. Like she's played in, for example, Almost Famous, and you know that was a really good film. She's she's played in other stuff that isn't like. I mean, North Country, kind of kind of the same character. In North Country again, Bumblefuck America. I mean, Charlie Theron and 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 North Country was was the real revelation just like she was in Munster because she's dropped dead gorgeous and then she plays these roles that are like very uh less glamorous which is what I think is her shtick like when Holly Berry was in Munster's Ball and we're not going to talk about Holly Berry's hair because Holly Berry can do what the fuck she wants because she's Holly Berry we're going to talk about her in a different way but shout out to her and her fine oh yeah her and her, her boo Van Hunt oh my goodness Van Hunt is a catch. Like Van Hunt in his 50s, like his early, like they're around the same age, under 50. Van Hunt is cute for an old I was like, okay, I, I see you, Holly. He's a musician, a Grammy award-winning musician, a good looking Grammy mu- award-winning musician. How you doing? But very, very, very cute, man. I was like, oh. And I mean, she claimed him on her Instagram like last year. I've been, Listen, Holly Berry on social media is everything, on her Twitter and her Instagram. I follow both. And I don't really follow celebrities like that on social media. But Holly is just, I enjoy her. I I enjoy Holly Berry. I think she she's just yeah. Leave her hair cut alone. It's it is what it is. She can when you're at that level of the business, you can do what you want to do. If she wanted to go bald, I would still be rocking Team Holly Berry. Actually, um, Holly Berry has done shortcuts, long cuts. Uh, gives you a little bit of a dirty blonde look. Gives you straight jet black. Gives you storm white. I mean, she's giving you everything. Holly Berry is like leave Holly Berry alone. Okay, just. Just put that out there. Love me some holly beer. Um, but anyway, I mean, Frances McDormand plays the same, like she's been playing the same types. Like she has her roles and like she loves to play the gridiron white woman in Bumblefuck America that is like in a red state most likely. And, you know, she's always the tough no bullshit. That's like her brand. And that's cool, but I just feel like There was nothing she did in Nomadland that made me go, this is the best performance of the year. It was a good performance, but it was just, it wasn't nothing different for her. I mean, this woman got three Oscars for Best Actress. She won for Fargo, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, and she won now for Nomadland. It took my faith the greatest actress of our generation, Meryl Streep. And I don't even need to say Meryl Streep. I just need to say Meryl. It took Meryl 30 years between Sophie's Choice and the Iron Lady to win another Oscar. Even though she had about maybe like 10, 12, 13 something else nominations in between the, the first win, the last one. She was nominated in the 70s for the Deer Hunter. One for Kramer Versus Kramer, Best Supporting Actress. And then one for Sophie's Choice. In the 80s and then turned around in 2017, I believe, like right before Francis won or a little bit before then, maybe a little bit before 2011, I think it was like 30 years, 2011, she hasn't won in 10 years, but since been nominated and continues to get nominated in spite of winning the AFI Lifetime Achievement Award and all these other awards. A, a beast, a beast of the theater and up there with, you know, Catherine Hepburn, Catherine Hepburn has the most Oscars as a woman, uh, four acting Oscars, Meryl Streep has three, Ingrid Bergman, um, and now Frances McDormand. And I'm just a little annoyed, because I don't, I think Frances McDormand is a, is very much a top tier actress, I just don't know if you should be having her in the same conversation with Meryl Streep. I just, not, not when you look at the range, like, Meryl has the range, Frances does not have the range, Frances it's like, ooh, I, and I like me some Hillary Swank, but I have to say this. She's like a Hillary Swank, but a little bit more pronounced in her career in the sense that she gets a couple of, she doesn't do that many films, but she'll just do that one big, big film and then she'll get her Oscar, maybe something with the Cohen brothers, make that little cameo appearance and then get her Oscar nomination dip. Versus the consistency of someone like Mel Streep is like she's giving you work every single year that is always going to be up for conversational contention because that's how much of a beast she is. Like Meryl Streep is like the Michael Jordan of Hollywood acting. She is one of the greatest of all time of the generation. Career defining. She can change her accent in different languages. She is she is the quintessential actress of our time and the woman who should have won that award is also sitting next to her and that's Viola Davis so I really wanted Viola Davis to win that award I really you know after thinking about it y'all like Carrie Mulligan okay so you know how there's the who I want to win who should win and who will win like no, like Francis winning isn't too much of a shock it's annoying shock who should have won if we're talking about performances I mean, Carrie Mulligan and Promising Young Woman would have been the safest pick. I know people talk about Andrew Day. Child, I'm happy that she's got nominated for an Oscar. This is a great opening performance for her, a great opportunity. Go back and keep acting, keep doing some more work, if that's what it is. I just feel like what she had is kind of like what Gaga had with The Stars Born, where like, this was just a very like great role, but it doesn't necessarily speak to a full time acting career. I know that. Gaga is trying to make this acting career pop now and she has every reason to try kind of like when Beyonce thought she was gonna do the same thing with Dreamgirls and look where we're At in 2021 um I, I think that for me Carrie Mulligan is definitely you know she's 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 I mean she's got it I mean she's been named before she was in a movie called In Education back in the early 2000s great actress you know but promising young woman I mean, I thought it was very timely. Um, The writer, um, Emerald, first of all, can we back up? Do you know that the writer and director, uh, and I think she's also produced a promising young woman, the woman who wrote it and produced it in a big deal, Emerald, her name is Emerald. Do you know that she played, okay, maybe everyone knew this but me, but she played um, Camilla in The Crown. The latest season of The Crown. That is her. The one who was eating that weird food and stuff in her mouth with Princess Diana in that scene. You know, the one who's been messed up was getting played by Charles left and right. Her, she wrote "Promising Young Woman." She produced it. She directed. She's a big damn deal. She won an Oscar. I was happy for her winning an Oscar. By the way. Let me just say that I was happy she won the Oscar uh, for best, you know, um, screenplay, which shocked a lot of people um, because I think they thought the trial of the Chicago Seven with Aaron Sorkin was going to win because Aaron Sorkin won for writing "The Social Network," but which is, you know, that movie. I debate whether that movie was really as good as it was or was it just a moment because. That movie came out in 2010. Mark Zuckerberg was not the the trashed asshole that we now know him to be now, Privacy Invader. He, he was different to people then. But I don't know if that movie was just a relic of the time or if it aged well. I, I went back and watched it, I think, on Netflix um, earlier this year. And I was kind of like, it is kind of semi-interesting. But I didn't think of it as genius as it was now when I did, when it was like... I don't know when I was like eighteen, and it came out when I was a freshman in college, and everybody in college was thinking I'm going to be Mark Zuckerberg, except for myself because I don't play white boys. All of that shit. I mean, it was just different. But anyway, Emerald won. Emerald played uh, Camilla, and and, and and then I want to I want to um, just say wow, like wow, wow. I was just I was just shocked by that. Um, Emerald Fennell um, is the she she's just everything just talent and the crazy thing about her is is that in the film she um she had a role i think they said she had a role in the film which is funny because um she played the video tutorial host if y'all remember with the british accent and she was a direct writer she was a director writer and producer. And she killed it. She's apparently a talent. She's 35. Um, she's a Libra. So, you know, Libra's always out here winning. Um, and she's just great. So I was happy for her. But that being said, um, I thought Carrie Mulligan could have won. I would have not been upset if she was going to win. But I really, in my heart, wanted Viola Davis to win. I know people felt like Ma Rainey's black Bomb wasn't like her, like, best role ever. Which, when you're looking at Meryl, you're looking at, I'm sorry, uh, Viola Davis's Career, because people always call her like the Black Meryl Streep, which I don't think is appropriate, because Viola Davis is her own beast. Okay, and I love me some Meryl, but Meryl cannot snot cry on on the spot like Viola Davis can. I'm just saying, Viola gets in it. They're just they're just beasts of their kind, and they're you know in in, in acting geniuses and, and magnets, and I just oh love their work. But Viola Davis, I would have liked her to win. She would have been the second Black woman to win the Oscar for Best Lead Actress. Halle Berry remains the only one to ever win. That was back in 2001, 2002 Oscars for the 2001 season. She would have been um, the most awarded black actress in Oscar history because every black actress currently has one Oscar. Viola Davis, if she would have got Best Actress, she would have had two acting Oscars. Now, Denzel the GOAT has two. Um, And no one has more than Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington has two. She would have been tied with Denzel, which who I think is her contemporary. The same way I think Jack Nicholson would arguably be Meryl Streep's contemporary. But nowadays people say Day Lewis. But I think Day Lewis is more of the Francis McDormand category of like, he picks a role, but he has range. I don't know if I should even compare him to Francis. But I would say up top is like, you know, Pacino, Denzel, mm, Tom Hanks, slightly, slightly down a notch. But I would say Robert De um, Al Pacino, I would say Robert Nero's up there, um, and and Jack Nicholson. But I would say Jack Nicholson, you know, is is equivalent as far as range. And Dustin Hoffman, we can't sleep on Dustin Hoffman. He he, Dustin is definitely delivered for sure. Um, you know, my thoughts. But I I, I would have liked Val um, to win. Um, she also would have been the only black actress in history to win a leading actress Oscar, Tony, which she won for Fences, and Emmy, which she won for How to Kill Her Murder. Like, there's so many, like, records she would have broken. Like, I don't know how many, I think she would have probably been the only actress, I don't know any other actress that's won a best leading actress, Emmy, Tony, and Oscar. Yeah, not all three. Like, I know... I, I can't think. I can't, Not all three. I think Helen Mirren definitely won an a, an Emmy. No, a Tony for Best Lead Actress playing Elizabeth. <laughs> she's always playing Queen Elizabeth. So I don't know if I should even count her. But I don't think she's ever won an actual Emmy, though. She won a Tony and she won an Oscar. But not an Emmy. But, but Viola, I think, would have been maybe the only actress. Period. Regardless of race. Because Meryl Streep didn't do that. Meryl Streep won... Uh, an a Emmy, she's won a, she's won an Oscar, but she's never won a Tony. So I, I think Vala would have been it, man. But they just denied the Queen because <sighs> Francis and whiteness. Okay. And then last but not least, wrapping this up, I mean, about this Oscar stuff, I just, I get caught up in it, as you can see. Um, Chadwick Boseman losing Best Actor was on nobody's scorecard except the BAFTAs because the BAFTAs actually predicted everything right the British Academy Awards. They, they predicted the wins right. And I'm just like, why in the fuck is American uh, award shows like literally neck and neck close to what they are? I mean, even the SAG awards gave us a surprise, right? But no, Chadwick Boseman lost to Anthony Hopkins, Sir Anthony Hopkins for the father. And I'm going to just say this real quick. Sir Anthony Hopkins, Anthony Hopkins Killed it in The Father. It is a powerful role. It was a very good movie. Olivia Colman, who was nominated for Best Supporting Actress, was was great. I mean, it was a great film. He is a great actor. But I'm sorry, y'all. 2020 was the year of Chadwick Boseman. The life and legacy of that man who not only gave us one great role, but two great roles. I mean, in The Five Bloods. I mean, this was a career. This man... Gave us his dying role, put his soul into his last ever acting role, left it all on the table. And you all basically said, nope, we're going to give it to an 83 year old man who's already won an Oscar for best lead actor and don't really need any more honors to his name. The man already has a night ship. OK. And the fact that they even let Anthony Hopkins, apparently he wasn't allowed to, to uh, give his acceptance speech. Um, he wanted to do it on Zoom because he didn't want to travel one of the satellite locations, but they told him that he couldn't do it, so he had to do it on Instagram. And in his acceptance speech, he did acknowledge Chadwick Boseman. What was so fucked up about the awards? They kept moving the categories this year. Um, Mr. Johnson, I was just noticing that. Like, we we're just like, okay, so y'all are just going to put? Um, so, so, so you are just going to like put best director in the first hour, I think, screenplay was the first name, supporting actress came, miles and miles later, and, and then best actor, was the best actor, best actress, the final award, they announced best picture, best picture always comes to the end, but I think the producers thought, they were going to end it, on this very beautiful tribute, to Chadwick Bosman. and then it ended with, it going to Anthony Hopkins, and they're being like, uh, oh, that's it everyone, and then, you know, Francis McDormand giving like that 30 second speech where she corrects her director and tells her, I'm not Fern. I'm Fran. I'm like, clearly she's trying to be creative. Are you so obnoxious and like unaware to like read jokes or get humor? I just, oh, just the obnoxiousness, the pretentiousness of Hollywood sometimes. I just cannot. The Oscars is, I, I was over it. I said defund the Oscars. Another person on my Facebook was like abolish the Oscars. Man, at this point, that that's what it's given. That's what it's fucking given. Um, because I was like, this is some bullshit, y'all. Like, how are y'all, how are y'all out here trying to play my, play my good Judy? Like, y'all out here really played my people. Y'all played all of my people. You know what I'm saying? It's just a mess. It, 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 it was an entire mess. Um, the only rising star moment was the love and the joy I had from seeing Glenn Close do the butt. Which again, I just want everybody to know. First of all, she she's at the Oscars. She's talking about the DMV, which is Delaware, not Delaware, oop, they're gonna cancel me. DC, Maryland, Virginia. I'm not from the DMV, y'all. Forgive me. Um, but we was dragging it out, and they were doing this thing called The Butt, which was um hilarious. Um, and I was just gagging at the the doing the butt song, because I was just like well, what are we doing here, kind of thing. Um, but she was killing it. Like, don't sleep on Glenn Close. Glenn Close was was giving us us the work. And um, I was just like, okay, girl. Um, you know, she's like, you know, doing the dance and stuff. But um, she killed it. And, you know, honestly, she gave us an Oscar. She should have got an Emmy for that performance. Like, guess Best guest starring performance or something. Okay? Because that was the life of what was a very dry, sometimes annoying show. I mean, the the in-memoriam section... Let's not even talk about the omissions of some of the actors they left out. Like, it was a lot going on. But Glenn Close doing the butt was great. And I do want y'all to know in advance... I am going to chair the black delegation for the Glenn Close nomination committee when she gets her ninth nomination for Hopefully Sunset Boulevard. And we gotta get hurried, y'all. We we have to come together. We we have to be on that I'm I'm already gonna be a part of that community. As far as the Black Glenn Close friends, I'm going to chair that delegation because I don't know what it's going to take for Glenn Close to get a fucking Oscar. She's giving you a hillbilly. She is giving you a crazy psychopath woman. She's giving you Albert Nobbs. Um, she's giving you a depressed wife. She's gonna give you a dangerous liaison. Big Chill. What what more can she do? She kidnapped Dalmatian dogs in London. What else can she do? What is it going to take? Let me know. <laughs> I'm just I'm just. I am angry. Okay, if there's ever been an injustice towards a white woman in the, in the world, it's when Glenn Close being denied this, and then you know who's next next to her is Amy Adams. So I, I need to go ahead and get on these committees. I need to figure out what we got to do as a as a group. Do I need to join the Academy? What do I need to do to make this happen? So that's all. That that that's all. That's all. That that's that's it. All right. Um. <laughs> all right, move it along. Um. So, so people have been asking me about this, and listen, I have thoughts clearly. Rudolph Giuliani, y'all. R- Rudolph motherfucking Giuliani. Um, it's it's a lot, M- Mr. Giuliani. Is out here. Federal investigators have executed a search warrant for Rudolph Giuliani's apartment, y'all. It's going down. It, it, it's about to go down. Something, but but you know what? Something is telling me to hold my breath. And you know, it's a lot. So it, 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 it's a, it's a lot of things. Um, that that was having a lot. You know what I'm saying? And. Um, yeah, you know, I just, it, 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 it just, like every time, like, I just feel like Trump and, and, and Giuliani and all these people, they're like these bitter girls who they see the, they, they see the TV news and they just in their mindset, like, we're not being talked about enough. We need to shake the table. Today, I choose violence. Trump chose violence every damn day during his presidency. But I think they just wake up and be like, we need to be in the news again. I need the... I I, I mean, I think they look back. They're going to be locked up sometime, somewhere, and they're going to be looking back at each other and saying, remember the time when we had the media on lock when we stopped everything and we shut the... We shut shit down. Remember how you used to say something dumb at a press conference? I used to back your dumb ass up and you used to be my... You Remember we used to shut it down? I feel like... They are like trolls. They're literally, they are trolls. They are American trolls. Like they literally are just having hopscotch with the, the with the shenanigans. And it's just it's it's you can't even you can't even be I, I don't know what kind of emotion I can give, but it's just so much. So much. So much. <laughs> oh my goodness so there's a lot there's a lot that's that's all i can say there's a lot there's a lot um a lot of this apparently is dealing with his ukraine um ukrainian um involvements with the russians a lot of that stuff is on the table right now a lot of people are getting you know really you know antsy about some of the relationships he's had with the russians and Some of the stuff he's got going on elsewhere. Um, You know, for me, y'all, I just think. You know, it's like, I don't know. I just refuse to give Trump and give them this much of my energy. I just feel like there is this energy about everything he do. Until I see an indictment. Until I see the cops. You know, arrest him because clearly they want to keep stopping the frisking black people. Until I see a headline that says he's been indicted on charges and they got to arrest him and take people out, then I am not going to get hype. The fact that Roger Stone did his little sentence, got locked up, and then, I mean, people got pardoned. I mean, just shows you how that anticlimactic was that. I mean, these, these white men have nine lives. They're like, they're cats. So I don't know. I'm not getting myself too excited, but I just thought it should be something that you all should know. So that's going on. But speaking of crazy Republicans and speaking about the day, I know some of you all saw that my cousin Candace Owens is out here showing her ass once again, making a fool of herself. You know, we all have a crazy cousin and it's it's just been a lot, you know, to, to have to bear the same last name as someone who is out here telling people don't wear a mask. And so we had words, you know, we had, we had words, um, on, you know, Twitter. Um, she said, don't wear a mask. You know, I basically told Twitter, yo, this, you know, I'm reporting this, 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 this misleading information, health information. She clapped back in a way that I, I shouldn't be surprised that she clapped back the way she did, but she knows she likes to do the most. So she, I said, so she said, don't wear a mask. Just blatantly on her Twitter. And I said to her, I I quote tweeted her and said, Twitter, I'm here to report a misleading health tweet. She then responded back and said, uh, quoted my tweet and said, we do not have a federal mask mandate. I'm sorry you live in a slave state. I live in a state where masking is a choice. States without mask mandates have lower infection rates than states with several lockdown and mask policies. I don't even know if that's fucking true. And I heard the T is that Miss Candace don't even fucking live Okay, in a state. She lives in DC. So are you for DC Statehood, sis? Are you going against the Republicans? Are you gonna support DC statehood? Because I support DC statehood. So what's good? So I responded back and said, Cousin, you didn't clarify which state you were at. You just gave out a blanket statement. People need to be wearing masks indoors. Y'all done already lost Kerman Hank Herman Kane and so many of your Republican pals to such inadequate health info. See, I came with the facts, the drag, and the tug. Okay, don't come for me unless I send for you. My thing is with Candace Owens, you know, you know, I I was looking at that and I said, you know, people like Candace Owens, you know, I'm not even going to get into that. But I was like, you know what? But people like Candace, I am going to get into that. I'm not going to get into Candace. I'm not even going to do Candace Owens. But actually, I'm going to do Candace Owens because I feel like that that was a tea. So to be very clear, I do not know if we're actually cousins. But, you know, we do have family... I have family, and she has family in North Carolina, and South Carolina, and, and I guess parts of the of the South. There seems to be, there could be, it could be. I, I don't know for certain. I, um, I'm not really trying to investigate this, but it, it, there is a possibility. But I'm not going to find out if it is true. So she's going to have to do the work to figure that out. But I think both of us don't want to be related to each other in real life. But we might be actually. The crazy part is we actually might be. Um, somebody from my side was like uh you know we got family down there where she's from and i was like oh where her father is from who is the owens and i was like we do and they're like yeah and i was like okay who's gonna find this out so i don't want to find out but i could i could but see what if i find out listen i'm gonna say this i might already know the answer and i'm not going to tell you what the answer is i'm just going to say that i didn't know or I haven't found out anything, and I'm not going to go digging. But if I did know, I don't know what relevance it would do for me to just to just to just show that information. So I'm just going to joke around and continue to joke uh, because it's just a joke until a confirm. Well, I, I, no comments. All I'm going to say is you cannot pick your family. If so said person is your family, you can't now listen what they say chosen family chosen family i didn't choose i choose who's in my family and i choose who's not in my family in my core family so i don't know who she is all right moving along <laughs> cdc has said that if you're fully vaccinated you can Now go outside and wear a mask. You could be maskless now if you're fully vaccinated. As long as you stay away from large crowds. I'm sorry, but like, if you was by yourself outside the park, I was going to have a motherfucking mask off regardless. Because the narrative to me was, I wasn't around anybody. What y'all thought COVID was in the air, I don't know. But to me, people are just like, people ain't reading this right. Crowds. Most of the time, you're walking down the street in huddles or you're on the septa, which is not outside, technically. You can't have you have to have the mask. There's like, oh, I can go now. No, no, you got to put them. I don't know why they put that information out there. I don't know why. There was already conversation about outdoors anyway. I mean, in a way, you're like, OK, we're starting to open it back up. But people are still dying. I had a close friend um, who got covid. They didn't. they was about to get their second vaccine. But they they but but they got tested positive. And it was a situation they went to. It wasn't like they were actively being reckless or anything like that, but they, you know, went somewhere and you know, that's how they think they got it. But it's just like this is not the time to be backtracking. There's a report that came out that said millions of Americans are not getting their second Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. So they got their first one and they was like, Okay, that's enough for me. And I mean, I figured some dumb shit was going to happen like that because a, a lot of people, you know, most of, I mean, the Johnson Johnson shots, even though we now heard there was reports about the blood clots, that was the more effective way to get this shit done. Because people didn't want to go out here and, and just get, you know, to, to, to have to come back. And it was the one shot, you're done. Hit it, quit it, you're done. But like a lot of people are now, you know, worried about that because they're thinking that that's part of the reason why we've had some of these other problems. But it's like, come on. Uh I just mm, 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 mm I just had to take a moment because I just was thinking about something I heard where I just was just thinking, something just came upon me, like there are so many people who have gotten COVID. And they they got the first vaccination, got COVID, and then they had second, like, shot. Like, they, they got other symptoms after they recovered. And they were in the middle of getting their second vaccine before they was fully vaccinated. They started to get symptoms um, even after the fact that they were, you know, no longer positive for COVID. Those uh, side effects still lingered. And... There's so many people I know, not not close to my. Most of my close friends are like fully vaccinated. My, my wedding party is like mostly vaccinated at this point, but there's some people I know that has just been like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, and I'm just like hearing stories of them starting to get COVID, and while none of them that I know have had any have, have had any major major issues, some of them are talking about having other symptoms related to it and i just feel like you know i read an article a peer of mine um who's another journalist in the business and or in media i would say uh couldn't taste for a period of time um i think they they could taste now but they was losing certain senses or having issues with their senses that shit is wild you know that shit is wild you know and and you know i just feel like this is not the time to roll the dice everybody wants to be a health expert um everybody wants to be sarcastic everybody wants to be all these other things um and you know <sighs> yeah just no. you know, and so mm so yeah, no, <laughs> um, so, I still like have to say that just wear your mask, fuck Candace Owens, um, and just be smart out there period. That was heavy. I've just, you know, it's just weird. There's moments where this stuff just flashbacks at you, stuff that you know, stories you heard, um, situations that happened to friends, and it, it, it's it's weird. Um, and I, I just don't think people still get it. I think still people still want to roll the dice, and I'm pretty over it. To be quite honest, I'm I'm pretty over it. I, I just want, I just want people to live. I, I want more people to survive out here. I, I just want people to be smart, uh, safe, hands clean. I just want more people to make it through this. That's all. So, talking about some things that I've seen, um, there is yet again, uh, just. You know i I'm just gonna say this because I'm working on you know I have put out a guide um, that is major. There's a guide that I have that is um you know a ultimate guide to basically um there's this trend, and I didn't realize that this was happening, but like basically. There is, you know, black friends, black, white people that I know, colleagues, friends, folks in the business, whatever the case is, there's this thing where whenever a racist tragedy happened, and there's been a lot going on. OK, there's this situation that's happening to this. Uh, you know, there's a case there that was a shooting um, that took place um, in North Carolina. A man named Andrew Brown, Jr., Um the judge just recently declined an immediate release of a video of basically a, a, a footage of a police shooting of Andrew Brown Jr. who was killed last week, you know, by the count the county sheriff's deputies. You know, a California man died after officers pinned him to the ground for five minutes. And and, and that was, you know, body camera footage that was released on Tuesday. Like, this is consistently going on. And then you have the situation um, that is a lot, that involves, um, you know, this this thing. Um, I, I guess, um, Micaiah Bryant, you know, the 16-year-old girl who was killed, that, you know, idiots, you know, wanted to sit up here and put you know, these uh you know, huge things on or whatever. It's a lot. Um and I just I don't know, I just can't. And it's just so many um issues and, and things going on. I mean just yeah. <laughs> so A lot of emotions. Somebody, um, I mean, before I get into this, I just want to, like, talk about this situation, which people had been asking about. And at first I was like, do I want to talk about this or do I not? But I do. I, I guess I do have to give this idiot five seconds. So Tyler Perry, you know, received the Gene Hirschholt Humanitarian Award, um, You know, and a lot of people felt like, you know, he's done a lot of things for the community, for the industry, for the state of Georgia, and employed a lot of people through his studio. But at his, you know, um, his honoring, because we know he's never going to get an Oscar, at least for any of his acting or or any of his producing or directorial work. I mean he's just never going to i mean what well, shit anything can happen, but one would hope that the academy wouldn't be that dumb, but one of the things that um you know Tyler Perry said at this event was that he basically um said and uh, he basically he he decided he wanted to conflate um several things together as one. So he, when he accepted the humanitarian award, um, he was like, um, I refuse to hate someone because they're Mexican or because they are black or white or LGBTQ. I refuse to hate someone because they're a police officer. I refuse to hate someone because they're Asian. Let me clarify that. He said L-B-G-T-Q because he didn't say LGBTQ. He said L-B-G-T-Q. I'm like, Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry lives in Atlanta. Tyler Perry who 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 been out here? Tyler Perry, you 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 don't know how to say LGBTQ? Okay, okay, hmm, okay, hmm, interesting. But I thought I had to say he conflated marginalized communities and the hate that you know Mexican, Black people, Asian people, White people. What LGBTQ? What? I'm confused. So now he's talking about refuse hate and referring to this as like as if police officers are in the same category as black people, LGBTQ people or LBGTQ people like what? But, you know, I'm not surprised because Tyler was out here saying we need more police officers during the summer of George Floyd. You know, there's always going to be an asshole that comes around and gets money, right? Gets rich, come from hard times, drinks prosperity gospel, believes that their situation is everyone's situation, and get into a brainwashed, unprincipled, very sunken place that is harder to get out of than where they were before once they believe that capitalism and wealth can then give them this level of intellect that aspires to whiteness and anti-blackness. And Tyler Perry is someone who I feel like this man, gets a, this man gets a humanitarian award. But what people don't understand is this is a man who may has made films that push toxic narratives about black women, HIV, and poverty, who loves backing the police, and, does, and has fucked over unions. He's anti-union as fuck, but he got a damn humanitarian award from the Academy Awards. That's what I think about it. Those are my thoughts on that. Now back to this other point. So I I created a guide for Philadelphia Magazine that was like a service piece. And service pieces are just simply pieces that are like you create a guide and you tell everybody all of the things that you need them to do, uh, like a restaurant guide or something like that. So I made a guide that was for that's called Before You DM Your Black Friends About the Latest Racist Tragedy, Read This. And I basically framed it up thinking of sending one of these 10 comments to a black friend. Think again. And I framed it around some stuff that was going on with the Derek Chauvin guilty verdict, which some of you all you watched that special edition episode last week. I talked about how I was so annoyed by the direct messages I was getting from white people that were just asking me all these questions. And it's become a thing that's been happening for a minute now. And I have just been so annoyed. And so I decided to do basically a frequently asked questions and, a, and, a, and answer those questions. So that hopefully other black people don't not have to deal with the same shit I've had to deal with. Because I realized that I thought maybe it's because I'm a journalist. And maybe because I'm a black journalist that cover race. But I realized that I have friends who are like not into journalism. Do, well, they respect and appreciate journalism, but they're not a journalist. And they get hit up uh, about anything around race. And it's a, it's a pattern. And so you know, I wrote this with a little bit of snark, with a little bit of sass. But a lot of fucking real truth to hyperlink and to just say... Because I get paid to be a journalist, right? I get paid to 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 talk about these things that I want to create a service piece that could help some people. And maybe provide myself the opportunity that whenever somebody comes to me with this bullshit, I can send them that link. And that could be the guide, the ultimate guide to just shutting down a lot of this bullshit. So if you are... If you haven't seen the guide, get on my social. If you haven't found it, find the guide, my white friends, white peers, white followers, white listeners, white subscribers. Follow this guide. Share it out there. Tell people about it. And and let's get, and let's get, and get folks together. Because the DMs that are happening needs to stop. Like, unless you are a close friend of mine or somebody that I really have, as a confidant, please stop hitting my DMs up with, 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 with rants and whines. Uh, about racism and shit like really respect my time like I, I'm not like like this is I, I listen I have put so much of my personal time and efforts into addressing anti-blackness and 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 addressing those issues and addressing anti-racism and how people can stop being racist and how to defeat white supremacy. I do this as a as a part of my journalism work. I choose to cover these topics and be into them. Respect my time. Respect it. I I respect it. Like please because it's 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 it, it, it's it's I have a life. I have a wedding I have a career I have a bunch of good stuff coming up in a way that I'm going to put my energy time into. And just thinking that you could just hit me up at the wee hours for shit about race. Stop it. Stop it. Especially if you're not coming to the table and compensating my time. Because I am a professional and I get paid for my work. And if you're asking me to do work that requires emotional labor or anything of that nature, then don't hit me up. Because it's it does not... Bring me any joy to sit around like I'm a hotline and be like, let me find that black guy I can pick his brain about. Don't fucking pick my brain about any fucking thing. This is not a plantation. My head is not a plantation and you cannot pick it. My brain is my black excellence. My black genius is not a plantation for you to pick it. I have to type that down. (laughs) Because some people don't understand that. When I get that, that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got to tell people full fucking stop. You know, people just be out here doing it. I said, like, no, my black brain is not a plantation for you to pick it. No. And I think sometimes, you know, uh you know people think that way. People think that your black brain is a plantation for them to pick from it. And you can't. You cannot do that. So, you know, I just want to say that. <laughs> and it's real. It it's 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 very real. And I had to keep it 100. It is it's 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 been interesting seeing the fact that as much as it is sometimes um, inspirational. Sometimes it's inspirational. To have you know? I'm going to say white people, but just anyone who, even allies, quote unquote, from the community, from different communities I'm part of, that are showing interest in something. It's always this feeling that it's a good feeling, like oh, someone's interested. But at the same time, you have to realize that like, I, I can't tell you how the summer of 2020 was crazy because I wrote about this in the op-ed for the Nation, but. I made so much money. I was being called on to write so many pieces. I was asked to to do so much different things left and right, and it was it was a lot, y'all. Like it was a lot. Like it was a lot, and I was being asked left and right to do this and do that, and and it was and it was great for my career because I needed it because you know, look, we got to win the finance, right? So those were great opportunities, but at the same time it was just interesting how much energy interest that people had for me, right. As a black person had for my, for my, uh, visibility, my, my skin, my, my, all of those things. It's interesting that there was that, that, that type of energy. And and I hadn't had that before, of like that. Um, so, so much, so much, you know, um, a lot a lot so people have been asking me what i've been watching on tv since queen sugar is no longer on air uh the season wrapped up what a finale but i won't say more um i've actually been going back and watching classics i watched the boondocks i've been wa- re-watching the boondocks i've been into season one um Okay, so I forgot, but Regina King was the voice of of Huey Freeman and Riley. I did not know. I, I knew that, but I forgot. I, it's been so long. The show came out like in 2005. And so it's been like 15 16 years. But like oh my goodness, like I I I was like, "What? Regina King, like Oscar winner? Emmy winner Regina King?" Oh wow. So I was very much so smitten and surprised by that. Just want to put that out there. Just so surprised. Uh, but been watching it, and the commentary is so timely. Like, I'm watching this as if it was, like, the R. Kelly episode. Like, all of the stuff. Like, it's so, like, this show could have came out, like, now. It's so relevant, so timely. Oh, I forgot how much vulgarity it has. I mean, they're just dropping the in bomb, like, every five seconds. But, you know, it's created by... It's a black creator. It's a black show. It's it's very funny. Uh, some of the content, I'm like, I don't know if they could get away with that um, in 2021. But it is... It has definitely stood the test of time in many ways, but it's, re- it's, it's relevance. It's definitely an iconic show. Um, other stuff I've been watching. So... Um, HBO Max has become my favorite um, app right now like one of my favorite of the streaming platforms I'm really feeling HBO Max y'all like I'm like oh yeah I forgot I forgot how HBO Max had like their own movies that were popping like they had their own like you know Emmy nominated movies and television movies that were great so I watched Wizard of Lies um, which had Robert De Niro and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in this like New York Brooklyn accent or Harlem accent she has it's gorgeous Uh, she's just great in it, but he, you know, Robert De Niro plays Bernie Madoff. It's the Bernie Madoff biopic, uh, you know, about the scandal and everything. And it was just, I mean, it's a good, it was a great film. It was just very like, yeah, I mean, it was, they basically showed the horrible ending and the conclusion. Like I forgot that his two sons died. One committed suicide and one died from lymphoma. Uh, the mother, Ruth Madoff, the the wife is still alive. Bernie Madoff just recently died, like, about a couple of weeks ago. Um, but that family and just the drama, and they really fucked over many people. He was sentenced to 150 years in prison, which is over 11,800 months behind bars. Woo! But people hated him. But the crazy thing about him was he gave, like, he was just the chillest, coolest, a cucumber criminal ever. Like, he's like, yeah, I did it. And, you know, it was bad. And he just didn't give a fuck. Uh, but Robert De you know, I was like, I was so happy to to see him. I mean, he's been acting. He got an Oscar for Silver Linings Playbook, but, but you know, he's been lighter with his roles. I mean, he gave us The Irishman, okay, which is probably his last, probably great film. I mean, even even Jack Nicholson retired from acting, and you know, I would have liked one more film from him. But um, you know, stuff happens. But yeah, I I've been really watching that. Now shows that are currently on. I've been watching because y'all have been asking. Okay, Mayor of Easttown. Oh my God! Woo! I need you all to watch that ASAP so we can like chat about it. Um, Mayor of Easttown um, is you know this week the second episode just came on. It comes on every Sunday night. It's on HBO Max. Uh, original show. Kate Winslet is starring in it. It is set in. Um, what is it? Delco, I think it is, because she got the Delco accent. Um, it's like a imaginary place, East Town thing. I don't know if East Town is real, but it's like supposed to be in Pennsylvania, like around Delco. But she has a Delco accent and she kills it. She is definitely giving you Pennsylvania energy. She's definitely giving you, I'm in a Wawa I I you know, I appreciate her. I, I appreciate just Kate Winslet. I I don't know if y'all know this, but I'm a huge Kate Winslet fan and uh, super happy that she finally had got an Oscar uh for her role in the reader, which I encourage you to watch that movie too, because that is a very good movie. Um, very important movie. Uh but she's killing this role. She's mayor, of course. Um, and she is basically, I don't I don't want to tell too much of the show, but I know you all want to know some information. So she's mayor sheehan, and basically her life is crumbling around her. She's a small town, Pennsylvania detective. Um, and she's investigating a local murder that happened in the area. I can say that much. And she basically, you know, got some family issues. Um, and she's also following this local murder. And while she's getting into that murder, some other shit is coming out that she's looking like, what the fuck? And on episode two, like everything falls. I'm like, okay, the first episode was like a good, pilot okay it was a great pilot actually and okay it lays it lays things out a certain way like she's looking like a loser her her, her ex-husband's getting remarried and he's doing his thing her daughter hates her um yeah i'm not gonna tell that show but it's just you, you come in thinking one thing and then by the second episode you're like hold up <laughs> like a nate dog r.i.p nate dog it's like a hold up You know, from the next episode where he does that. Please tell me, you know that. Okay, y'all know that. Y'all black. But I just was like, Like the last, like, I want to say 30 seconds. I'm sitting here looking like. I hate when shows do that. Show can be even paced for like the whole 49 minutes or whatever. And then they'll wait the last two minutes and everything you need to see, know, hear about falls there. I tried one time where I was watching a show that I couldn't finish. I ain't going to take the show. And I would skip the last five minutes each show and it would give me everything I need to get to before I watched the finale in full. Ain't that some bullshit? And not watch the recap. Some shows are like that where you don't even have to watch it, like study it because it's just drags. But, but, but this show is not that kind of show. You really, I mean, they left, like when I went back and watched it, I had to watch it again because they left breadcrumbs. They hinted at some shit. And then when I got to the end, I was like, oh. Like this is not the kind of show you can like do emails and then be like, "Why you like?" I could do some some stuff. No shade, but there's some shows you can like literally do some emails and some other stuff while watching the side, like some of the Law and Order shows. Uh, but, but but listen, Mr. Johnson loves him some Law and Order. He religiously watches Law and Order. I watch it sometimes. I might pick an episode. We going to watch it together. But he's into that. Um, I miss the the original Law and Order, not the Special Victims you know all that stuff. I think my show used to be Criminal Intent. I used to like that one, even though he thought that was corny. But I liked the original one with um, Antonio or Anthony, whoever was in it, who played the direct detective in them. I liked uh, Criminal Intent. I found Criminal Intent to be interesting. I remember when they had Billy Porter on as a pedophile, and I was like, come on. Well, he played, I think he was hinted as a pedophile. And I'll never forget the one with Benjamin Bratt and Julie Roberts, who dated, they were such a cute couple, but you know, she's doing her thing with Danny, so I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna show him that. But, when she was a Benjamin Brat and they was in that episode together, okay, this is this is a little old school for some of y'all. But I, I love that episode. And I love that chemistry they had together. And I love when she went to the Oscars and she won this actress, okay, 20 years ago. Good God. And she was in that vintage Valentino dress. And he was like her date. And they were cute. They were cute. J- See, Jennifer, Jennifer Roberts, she's always fly. But she was, listen, Aaron Brockovich. I know people talk about Aaron Brockovich, but I love that film. That was one of my favorite films. Still one of my favorite. It's definitely one of my top 10. Like, there's movies that I, I call my pick me up movies. Like, um, Aaron Brockovich is a pick me up movie. Like, every time I watch that, it just makes me feel good. Uh, Milk, uh, the Harvey Weinstein, uh, not Harvey Weinstein, oh God, Harvey Milk, Harvey Milk biopic that that starred uh, Shine Penn, who played Harvey Milk. Such another, like, boost my morale. Uh, Election with Reese Witherspoon. Do not know why. I don't know why but it's just the pettiness of it. And I think the reason why is because I ran for class president and election, okay, it was not like that, but just the energy around Tracy Flick. I was, oh, I'm going to put myself, I was Tracy Flick when I was in high school. Yeah, I was Tracy Flick. Like my own, like a black, I I was very much black, but like Tracy Flick was definitely me in high school. Looking back now, I was definitely Tracy Flick. But, you know, if you really watch Tracy, listen, Election, like really go watch this movie. I if you haven't seen it, it's a classic. Alexander Payne directed it. But Tracy like, like Reese Witherspoon, you know, she did get, I think, some nominee. It, it's a very, you know, you can sleep on that film and just think it's about a brand new little girl. But you know, it really was some depth. And I and I think when it, the time in which it came out, pretty much Tracy Flick if you watch it in a Too, post me to post Hillary Clinton era it is a very different energy. I'd I just say some movies age differently and mean different things. Um, definitely watched it like last year and was like, oh my goodness, this was pretty fucking good. But then there's movies like American Beauty that people say just have aged well, or aged badly um, for various reasons, including Kevin Spacey. Good God. But that was one of my favorite movies growing up, American Beauty, but not as much anymore. Um... <laughs> So the other show that I watch, because y'all know I love trashy reality TV. And everyone's been asking me, what are you watching? Outside of watching, you know, compilation videos of Love and Hip Hop, which I still watch religiously. I love them on YouTube. I hope they're still making them. But Couples Retreat. This show, okay, has these couples for reality shows. It's um what's his name on there? Uh it's Kirk and Rashida Frost from Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. It's uh, Ray J and Princess, which they're getting a divorce. And quite frankly, I think they need to get divorced. It's also one of the exonerated uh, five, which was a part of, you know, originally the Central Park five. One of the men is dating Delicious, who was on Flavor of Love. He's now on the show with her on this couples retreat. Um, one of those comedians uh, is on the show. Um, and then Yandy and her boo um which is a lot um but the but it's interesting so this is season 1 it's interesting because like basically there's this whole couples like so Yandy and, and Mandecies are on the show, Rashid and Kirk, Michael Blackston, that comedian, and his girlfriend Rada, Delicious and Raymond. So Raymond is the one who is was a part of uh, the Central Park five, the exonerated five is what people should actually start calling them. Um and then Ray J and Princess. So it's five couples. And basically They're going through the motions, y'all. They're going through all this boot camp and trying to get their marriage together, trying to get their life together. It's a lot. It was a lot to watch. It was, it's, but it's, it's entertaining. But then it's like, ooh, it's a lot of drama because, you know, Kirk and Rashida, Kirk got another woman pregnant while he and Rashida has been married. Ray J and Princess just have a very volatile relationship. Yandy and like Yandy, you know, Mandesis went to prison in the the middle of a relationship. They don't really have a real marriage, but they claim they're married. But you know how that goes. Um, Delicious and Raymond. I mean, I think Raymond is adjusting to life out of incarceration and the attention he's been getting. And Delicious, you know, is a reality show. So I guess they're trying to get their relationship together. Michael Blackson is just a straight up cheater. And they're in a polyamorous relationship or... a. a I mean, I, don't, I, I guess this polyamorous... It's kind of like they have that agreement, but then it seems like he likes to also step out and do his own thing. So he's cheating. Um, but they all got their own issues. And it looks like Ray J and Princess are basically about to divorce. Um, but they're trying to patch it up, but it ain't looking too good. Love it. Watch the show. It's it's an escape. Like I tell you, reality show, for me, is it's not really about trying to... Like, sometimes I just need to just see other people's drama, even I know it's made up. And... It, it just, you know, it, it, it's it's fine. Um, what else have I been getting into? So I want to say this before I get to this silliest moment of the week. Um, there's been a lot of people hitting me up because there's been this DA's race, uh, the district attorney's race, and, you know, it, it's messy on so many different fronts. You know, the tea is hot. A lot of people have opinions and questions. A lot of people ask me about my thoughts about certain races and certain people running in certain seats and, you know, what I think about this, what I think about that. It's a, lot, a, lot, a, lot, a, lot, a lot a lot, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things been being said. So let me, let me explain this. And this is to white people specifically, because I haven't had no black folks, because they follow me, they, they know. But some of the new white folks that follow my page are just trying to understand what happened. L- let me, let me tell you what happened, Okay. So Carlos Vega is a man who is, he was a former um, um, assistant DA who got fired from Krasner. Uh, His track record um, is atrocious in some ways. Many people have criticized him for basically uh, giving sentences to innocent black and brown people, um, you know, long sentences. And it looks like he was working with people who were doing shady things. It's a lot of, stuff written about him. I don't really read up on him. I haven't really gotten into his entire record because I don't have an investment. I I don't have an interest. Um, Krasner has his issues, of course. You know, his affiliation with Sean King, which, you know, Sean King is the man who has targeted me, has doxxed me on social media, has been accused of grifting by several um, different, people and there's tons of articles and it's true. He's has had accusations of grifting. Um, so I wrote a piece that an op-ed a couple of weeks ago, actually, and I think some of y'all remember it and was just talking about why is Krasner affiliating himself with Sean King? Like why is he associating himself with this guy? Um He's getting a lot of national attention, getting a national spotlight. Why are you doing this with Sean King? Because Krasner has his flaws, but I just feel like part of Crash's problem has been that he wants to affiliate himself and align himself with some people that isn't necessarily making him look good. It's just a turnoff. And so, you know, Carlos Vega, who's running, um, share my article uh, because Sean King was coming at him on social media. And I'm just like, Sean, first of all, everybody in this situation is problematic in their own ways, got their own issues. Sean is a no, why are you in, in Philly shit, Sean King? Stay your ass where you ass. Go back to the to the boat you stay in, okay? Fuck you and your crew. Like, go where you go. Because this is not what you want over here in Philadelphia. The, the folks of Philadelphia, the organizers, the activists, the community people in this city do not need your shenanigans and your shit. People know what your shit was in Ferguson and know what your shit is in other parts. You are bad news to people who are serious about this movement work. Black Lives Matter don't really fuck with you. A lot of these other people don't fuck with you. Like, go away. Go away, Sean King. Like, I mean, everything from the question of your race, racial identity, like, I mean, on his birth certificate, he's identified as a white man. He's white on his birth certificate. He's got his own stories, but a lot of his stories that he puts out has been challenged and questioned by a lot of people that I know and I respect and he's always acting like it's his right wing people, but it is not. There's a lot of respected Black activists and community organizers raised issues for him, and I have issues with him. There are things that I have seen him do that has been completely, you know, disrespectful. I mean, when Chadwick Bosman died, right? This man invoked Chadwick Bosman trying to sell one of his stupid ass books. There are groups that that questioned, you know, him taking strategy and ideas from Black women and organizing. You know, creating movement groups and and, 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 and social groups and circles and things and then quickly dismantling them and dismissing them or dropping the ball and losing things, raising money for projects that never saw the light or didn't see its full fruition. I mean, the shit. Did y'all get all the shit? Y'all were promised when the North Star dropped. Remember when he asked all these celebrities and Susan Sarand and all these people, to give money to the North Star, and, and got these white neoliberals and these want fucking wanna be woke folks to give money to him. These progressives, and they came shaming the rest of us and the Bernie Bros who support his ass because the big old Bernie supporter. Like maybe that's why Bernie lost because of people like him getting all in the mix. But but he has done this for years. He's profited and has made money off of sharing viral videos and and, and, and putting out all of these toxic, traumatic-ass images of Black death. He's profited off of it. This man literally is an ambulance chaser. And people like me who have called him out, who have questioned his ethics, have been docs, have been, you know, targeted by him, have been put out to his millions of followers and have gotten threats and have gotten all kinds of crazy shit to us. He has come after young black women, queer black people. He specifically always finds himself coming for black queer people. He is a piece of shit. And, and the fact that Krasner has not done the due diligence to research him, to look him up, or he just doesn't give a fuck, to me is problematic. So I don't care about any of these people enough. I'm not endorsing any DA. I'm not. I'm going to the polls. I've actually already voted, actually. But I'm I'm not going to endorse anybody. I'm not dumb. I know in my mind who is the lesser of evils in this situation. But I'm not going to disclose or promote either of them because at the end of the day... Whoever gets elected to that seat, I'm still going to keep that same energy and holding them accountable and and making sure they do what needs to be fucking done. But what I will say is I don't appreciate the racialized assumptions from both of these campaigns about what people like me should be fucking doing and how I should be voting. I'm a black gay man and I don't owe any of these campaigns my fucking vote and neither do any of you all. If you choose not to vote for DA in this election in Philadelphia, I don't blame you. Because there is just so. The the issue is, I mean, the candidates themselves have issues, but I get annoyed with their supporters. I think both parties' supporters are just sometimes some of the worst fucking people. You know how they say there's good men on both sides? There's bad people on both sides, to be honest. I mean, you got police supporters, you know, these union groups that's out here assuming that 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 folks are, you know, going to vote one way or the other. It's like you don't know what I feel, you don't know why I choose to vote the way I do, or how I feel about police, or why I feel the way I feel about police. But but taunting black voters or young black activists or anything like that isn't the way either, right? But then you got the Kravitz supporters, these white progressives who want to tell black people what's the right thing or whatever. Keep that same energy for your fucking family members. Keep that same energy for the people that you don't talk to at your corporate America jobs or your nonprofits when you're in racist environments. Tell it to yourself. Keep that same energy for your fucking self. But just going around, telling me, people, messaging me. So what happened was that Vega shared the article that I wrote and was like the excellent Ernest Owens and said all these, these, these positive things about me, but also was referencing some of the concerns for Sean King. Now, while those things were accurate, let me be very clear. I have made it very clear to both of these candidates or their teams that I am not endorsing either one of them. I'm not endorsing either candidate. And the fact that, you know, Vega decided to do that. I mean, clearly, Vega is looking for legitimacy for other issues. I mean, that's how politics work. I'm not going to not tell the truth about the experience because somebody might take it and spin it. Because what that reveals is that there's flaws in both cases. This always happens, Right. When when Joe Biden was run for president, there were a lot of black activists and community members that was holding Biden's feet to the fire. Trump was using some of that information and trying to say the blacks don't support you, Biden. What about your law record? People got mad at black people and said, you should not say nothing about Biden. Don't criticize Biden. I don't give a fuck about any of these political candidates. I don't. I don't because all of them, when it comes to black people, have not been serving us, including the black people who get elected to the seats. This this two-party system, this, this, this very institutionalized system does not liberate black people, period. The Democratic Party fucks black people over. The Republican Party fucks black people over. The third party needs to figure out what they're trying to do. But like, there's a lot of these people or both of these issues that do not do well by us. As much as I can criticize Bush, I can criticize Clinton. I mean, that's just like there's no team for one. You can say lesser evils all day, and while there is some validity to some of that, at the end of the day, don't ever criticize marginalized people's indecisiveness on how they feel about any of these political candidates because they don't serve us first. They don't treat us as a pri as as, as, a, as a as a a primary um, voter. We're always expected to fall in line. You think Krasner really gives a fuck about the black vote in Philadelphia? No, he's been good to our people. You think Vega, you know, and, and, or his supporters, right, really are, are, are counting on the black vote to steer his win? No. Because they've already made presumptions about us. And that's not to say that Var- Vargas may or may not. Personally, I don't know him personally. I just feel like at the end of the day, what's so annoying is just the fact that in, in these types of races, black people are always treated like the, 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 prized, the prized, you know, thinking that people feel like they can talk at and talk down to or, or move one way or move another. And so where I stand on the situation is, look, my article is being read by thousands of people. If if you're a supporter of Krasner and you're gung ho about Krasner, rather than try to berate me about what I said about Sean King, you should be talking to Krasner about Sean King. You should be telling Krasner, Sean, back off, bro. Fall off. Because you're you're turning people away from me. You're you're muddling the waters. It's not to say that I will tell you there are people I know who who, who are gonna vote for Krasner. And I'm not disclosing who I'm voting for, but you know, I would just say hypothetically. There are maybe people that will still probably vote for Krasner or did vote for Krasner. But they're not going to go out and publicize him or brag about him because of the fact that he has made it so difficult for a lot of people in this town who want to see the change don't trust in his ability to do the damn job. If he focused on victims more, if he focused more on some of the legitimate complaints from the activists about Mia and some of these other issues that's happening, if you just took people's calls, if you just gave people answers, more transparency and not had this matter of fact or this bullhorn stubbornness or this really, you know, stubborn assholeness about yourself, it would be easier for people to vocalize their support. I know people the last election cycle who chewed me up when I did not support him the last time. I didn't. I supported Richard Negrin. And listen, I have different thoughts about policing. I have different thoughts about, well, that wasn't policing. You know, what a DA should be and what they should be. My views have evolved through time. But at that time, I thought that way because I did not trust Krasner. I did not trust Krasner. And, you know, I have evolved in my thinking because as a black person, I have a right to change my thoughts about things. Because all of these white people that have something to say, you didn't wake up woke and you're still not woke. And you didn't wake up conscious. So you don't have a right to sit up and pass judgment about black people on their navigation, their understanding of the systems that you all have allowed and perpetuated for centuries onto us. You don't get to wave a raise a nose, flat. I don't care what you think about any black person. I, I, if some if some of these white people are like, oh, my goodness, I can't stand Candace Owens. Great. I can't stand it either. But guess what? I don't care what you think. I don't. I really don't care because. It, it, the alliances with black people cannot only come when it comes to black people being useful for you and your political agendas and your moments. It can't only be this idea that, oh, so this black person like Bernie, so that's the black person I like. This person don't like Bernie, so I don't like this black person. I have people did to me. When I was uh, not too fond of Bernie in 2016, um, liked him definitely more in 2020 um, in spite of Sean King. Ugh, Sean. I was more in favor of Bernie last year than I was prior. But I remember people coming to me telling me, you're going against your own uh, community. You're going against your own race and and talking to me crazy and calling me all kinds of names. And I'm just like, and you all are a fucking part of the problem. Just, I can't. So, no, I just want to say that. I just want to say that I did see that tweet. I did see him shout me out. I ain't between that. I ain't liking that. Like, look, it is what it is. Thanks for the views. Hopefully, you know, uh, you know, Krasner looks at that and thinks about where he needs to do because now we're less than a month away from the election. Okay? Election is coming up fast, y'all. I mean, I've already voted. Um, I voted by mail because I still don't feel comfortable going to the polls like in person. I just and also, don't want to deal with those long lines in the flyer ring. Okay. May 18th. Tuesday, May 18th is election day. So, be smart, y'all. Okay. Be smart. So, that. So, wrapping this up, I came across something, a really interesting question. And it just became a big talk around town. And I got a... This is going to be a running joke. But there's that song by Neil Diamond called Sweet Caroline. Um... You know, go, sweet Caroline, bum, bum, bum. White people's favorite song, or one of their top favorite five songs. And I was joking because I said to myself, I, I don't know how I got started on this, but um, you know, my friends and I were talking about the playlist for the wedding and for the wedding shower. And we're talking about, like, you know, what are the what are the old school hits that we like to play at cookouts and gatherings of family nature. So, of course, we're going to have Before I Let Go. Of course, Frankie Be- Mays featuring Frankie Beverly. Of course. Of course, we're gonna have that. You know, we gotta have some Izzy Brothers. You know, I love them. You know, we 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 gotta have you know Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay, we we gotta have the hits. You know, we gotta have you know September. Let's Groove tonight. Um, you know, we gotta have we gotta have cameo with Candy. Okay, Electric Slide, Cha Cha Slide. Okay, Wobble. Wobble was like an iconic classic. California Love. You got to have all the hits, okay? So we were talking about that and what the music was going to sound like. And somebody said, oh, we need to, don't forget Sweet Caroline being funny. And I said, what? We got like a what face? They're like, oh, you know, that's the before I let go of, well, the the Caucasians love them some Sweet Caroline. That's like that before I let go. And I was like, it is? So I asked it on Facebook and it kind of took off locally and everybody was in there commenting. But it was like, what are the equivalents for certain songs for white people? Like, what are their, like, their playlist? And someone said, well, you know, like, what turns them up at a wedding? What gets them, you know, going crazy? And so we would say, what are those top white people songs? I mean, I was asking because, you know, there's songs that when you play at a party, at a black party, you're going to get folks on the dance floor. There's just certain songs that do that, you know, and they don't really make those many songs like that anymore, you know, but what are those songs? And so... There were just a, you know there were some um, Caucasians that decided to participate in this and contribute their thoughts and they said well wait a minute Sweet Carolina is cool but that's for the folks that live in Boston apparently Bostonians like it or folks in you know other places they said actually it's Living on a Prayer okay by Bon Jovi and I was like you know Living on a Prayer is there's that is a hit I I do think Living on a Prayer I definitely have heard that and I've definitely seen the turn up get real but then somebody said uh uh-uh, uh 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 don't stop believing. It is the is the is the hit? Like, are you are you serious? Like, don't everybody know? Don't stop believing, is the um, is the hit. And I used to love me some by Jeremy. I I do love me some Don't Stop Believing. So then they someone said, well, wait a minute, what's the what's the turn up song? And someone said, Cotton Eye Joe. And I said, oh yeah, Cotton Eye Joe. Where did you come from? Where did you? I said that that you know that is a hit. I I have. I have heard some of that. Then they said, well, what is the turn up song? The, 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 you know, the song where they just let loose and just really, you know, go wild, wild, like "nuck if you buck or something. And someone said smells like teen Spirit by Nevada. So I, don't know, I was just getting all of the just getting an enlightenment education. Now, I've heard all of these songs because I am a music buff, but it was just interesting to see how these songs show up. And, um, uh, you know, give them that energy. So you know people like Leonard Skinner, uh, Free Bird. That was somebody. Something someone said. You know YMCA. YMCA back in black. These are some hits, y'all. These are the these are the cook is these the white cookout hits. <laughs> someone said Teenage Wasteland. Who got them Beach Boys? It was, it was a lot of, uh, it was a lot of shade. I don't want to say shade, but it was a lot of education going on. I was very much so enlightened. So I am definitely going to be listening to some of this, uh, some of these songs. And I'm trying to figure out what the equivalents, what they be to certain songs. Like I'm going back and listening to the playlist that the black, you know, playlist for, you know, our jams. And I'm going to like put songs side by side, like, like sounds like this to, you know, but like, help me out. Let me know if I'm missing some of the big hits. Uh, that, 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 that white people like to listen to, um, all humor, of course, but I'm just always, uh, curious to know because education is important. All right. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in. Of course, be safe, be smart, um, be gifted, be woke, stay woke. Um, and, and just be great as always. So um yeah that's everything i mean this is next month will be may may day and uh you know until then wash those hands and wash your mouth okay because i hear that there are people out here about to go outside maskless and i'm gonna keep a mask on because sometimes you all forget to wear mouthwash and and nobody got time for that so uh until then Be well and be best. Earnestly Speaking is recorded in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. To stay up to date with the latest on the show, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mr. Owens. Use the hashtag ErnestlySpeaking to tell me what you thought about this episode and check out my website at ErnestOwens.com.